from Winter Heart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. Hello, friend. Welcome to episode four of the More Human Podcast. If you haven't followed us over on social media yet, check out at More Human Podcast on Instagram for some behind the scenes stories, sneak peeks, and a community of people committed to improving their mental and emotional health. All right, it's time for the more human question of the episode, which is this. How can we use the concept of emotion tracing to better define boundaries that protect our mental and emotional health? All right, let's get started. So when problem solving, many people look at a symptom or manifestation of a problem and try to address this aspect directly. The thing is, in treating the symptom, the root cause is never actually being addressed, but instead, coping mechanisms are put into place to make the symptoms a bit more manageable. Oftentimes, coping is a choice, but there is a hidden opportunity cost associated with coping. Every day, every hour, every minute, and every second spent coping with a problem, treating the symptom and not the root cause, is time not being invested into a more permanent and more sustainable solution. Here's a less human example to help illustrate this idea. So you're standing at a certain point along a riverbank, and you notice through whatever tools or observations that the salmon swimming by are sick. They're poisoned somehow. And you, being kind-hearted in nature, as the listeners of this podcast are, do what you can to help these fish as they come by. It's great. It's noble. But in this case, you're not actually solving the problem. You're treating a symptom of the actual problem. In order to solve the root problem, you need to go upstream and discover and analyze the root cause the first link in the chain that is causing these fish to be sick in the first place. And you have to solve the problem there. Then, the rest of the chain will take care of itself. Simple enough. Let's try a more human example. Imagine a patient comes in to see a doctor for an annual checkup or physical. The doctor runs whatever tests and concludes that the patient has high blood pressure and is also in the obesity weight range for their height. The doctor asks about the patient's diet, and the patient says that they know they don't eat well and will try to do better even though the holidays are coming up, and we already know how that goes. The doctor gives the patient a recommended diet plan and prescribes the medication for high blood pressure, and then they move on to the next patient because the office is busy and more people need to be seen. Seems normal, right? Now, I'm not going to assume that I know how doctor's visits in such circumstances are supposed to work, but for the sake of this example, let's say that this is a normal visit. In this case, the doctor is treating the symptoms, obesity and high blood pressure. Now, What if we modify this interaction and add a root cause analysis, sometimes called the five whys, to the situation? Let's go further upstream like we did with the salmon. Here's our new conversation. Doctor. So, according to the tests, you have high blood pressure and are in the obesity weight range for someone your height. Tell me about your eating habits in a typical week. Patient. I know it's bad. I just love homestyle cooking and comfort foods. I eat a lot of fried foods and fast food because it tastes really good and it's pretty quick. And it makes me feel good when I need it. You mentioned comfort foods and food making you feel good. Tell me more about that. Well, without getting into too many details, me and my partner, we fight a lot. Mostly them blowing up at me for little things. I have a lot of go-to comfort foods when I'm feeling down or upset or angry. And actually, it happens almost every day now that I think about it. How long have you been with this person? About four and a half years. Forgive me for asking such personal questions, but why exactly are you still with this person? I don't know. I mean, I'm 34 years old, and I want to start a family soon, and I feel like I'm running out of time. I don't want to be alone anymore at this point in my life. Before you were with this person, 
Would you say that your eating habits were similar to where they are now? I think so. I've been doing this type of thing for as long as I can remember. And scene. <laughs> so this example is not nearly so simple and clear cut as a salmon example, but such is the fact of the human condition. Now, I don't know whether or not it's appropriate for a primary care physician to be asking such personal questions, but put that thought to the side for now. For the sake of a comprehensive example, I wanted to show what this idea of going upstream can look like in a human situation. Sure, medicine could be prescribed and dietary advice given, but it doesn't really address the triggers that cause this behavior in the patient in the first place. It doesn't address the tendency to remain in a seemingly abusive relationship for fear of loneliness or possibly retaliation. It doesn't address the long-standing habits learned as coping mechanisms years ago during periods of trauma, perhaps dating back as far as early childhood. It doesn't address how the idea of comfort food is being used as an escape hatch from processing uncomfortable emotions and taking the necessary action. There's a whole chain of events, triggers, and patterns that lead to this downstream manifestation of high blood pressure and obesity. But a simple surface level diagnosis and prescription is not going to solve that problem. It's going to treat a symptom, and that's not what we want. Now, how do we apply this to mental and emotional health? There's a strategy that I learned from Dr. Susan David called emotion tracing, where we apply this root cause analysis to an emotion we're currently experiencing or have experienced in the past. First, we identify it, then we label it, and then we begin to ask and answer guiding questions to trace the emotion as close to the root as we can get. Now let's hear an example of a conversation that someone might have in their own mind, so self-to-self -self conversation, to trace an emotion involving something upsetting their mentor recently did. Why do I feel so angry that he did that? Well, he is my mentor, and I really respect him, so his actions feel like a very personal betrayal. Why exactly does it feel like a personal betrayal? When he did what he did, it betrayed my trust, and now I'm questioning everything he ever taught me, and his motives along the way. So how do I feel about this betrayal? To be honest, it hurts. It hurts that someone I looked up to and really respected would do something like this. I just can't believe it. Has something like this happened before in my life? Actually, now that I think about it, yeah. My stepdad betrayed my trust in a similar way when I was much younger. The more I think about it, I still haven't gotten over what he did to me all those years. Do you think that your emotional response to your mentor's betrayal could possibly be connected to or influenced by what happened years ago with your stepdad? Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. And see. So, while this is a carefully crafted example, it shows some of the aspects and power of emotion tracing. We can also use emotion tracing to define the interactions we will and will not tolerate from others and from our environments. Figuring out what causes you to feel a certain way will allow you to more easily define the boundaries that will protect your mental and emotional health. Going back to episode one in the black box, we're really starting to see our tool belt fill out and we can see how many different approaches there are to address our emotional problems. The individual in this last example traced the emotion back and happened to find a connection to their past where something traumatic took place in a similar way. And it's possible that this past event has shaped their emotional development in such a way as to play a large part in the present-day emotional response to the mentor. And as I briefly mentioned in last week's episode, I actually traced back an emotion to my childhood. I was able to clearly see this pattern of traumatic events in my life, which then led to a pattern of trauma responses on my behalf. So in my case, if I hadn't used this concept of emotion tracing, I'd probably still be doing the same things that I was doing all these years leading up to last week. And that would be a problem. This strategy widens the scope 
It puts your emotions in a wider perspective, and it helps you find that first link in the chain to start the healing in the right spot. There's no use in putting a band-aid on healthy skin. You need to identify the wound and address it directly. The idea of the stream applies not to just salmon, high blood pressure, and bad mentors, but really to any problem that needs to be resolved, any emotion that needs to be processed. Take the present observation and follow it upstream until you find the root issue and get to work there. Now, that doesn't mean that the root issue will be any less complicated or less messy, but it does make a solution much more effective and the creation or reinforcement of a lingering coping mechanism much less likely. So yes, sometimes we need to cope when we're not strong enough to deal with something, but there comes a point when we need to stop coping and start living. Start addressing our problems in a healthy way. Start reconciling our past traumas. Start unlearning the harmful behaviors and patterns that got us where we are today. There comes a point where you have to tell yourself that enough is enough and that today is the day that you take ownership of your mental and emotional health. If you haven't declared it already, maybe today is your lucky day. That's it for episode four of the More Human podcast. It's lonely out here in the podcasting world. So as always, be sure to interact with the podcast wherever you're listening to it, whether it's a subscription, follow, comment, rating, whatever it may be. I appreciate you, my friend. And as always, feel free to leave a message or support the podcast at the link in the episode description. If you really like this podcast, be sure to tell a friend, tell a family member. Don't keep all the good stuff for yourself. <laughs> From Winterheart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. See you next time.